everybody. Welcome back to Black Card Rehab, the show where we go from zero to black, one episode at a time. I am joined by my my white friend, Paige. Hi, Paige. Hello. Hey, Hi. Paige. <laughs> On a scale of zero to black, how are you feeling today? I am feeling throwing a boomerang before you even enter a room. Levels of Wait, why though? Like I am is, prepared. Is there a... Oh, I'm pre- feeling like my life is organized. <laughs> like I am being proactive. This quarantine has really got me getting my shit in order, and nice. I am ready for anything that Doctor Wu is going to throw at me. Oh yes, um, I love that. <laughs> what, but there's an adjective in front of his name. It's like fiendish. The fiendish Doctor Wu. Fiendish Doctor like... Wu. <laughs> Kung Fu treasury. Okay. All right. (laughs) And Crystal, on a scale of zero to African-American, how are you feeling today? I am feeling, I want to say Millie Vanilli, but it's not in a bad way. Like, and what I mean by that is I had a video that went like the miniest version of viral and um, on TikTok. Uh, Yes, I am on the TikTok. Thank you. Yes, Uh, yes. (laughs) And I was like, I hope somebody like, does like uses a sound and like does a dubbing video and Did within they? three hours <laughs> of me posting it somebody had used it but I will say this if her video gets more likes than mine I will kill myself um <laughs> her makeup was flawless it was not fair it was not a fair fight <laughs> um but yeah I was still happy about that um and also, I will say this, the women of TikTok are not having it. Like, they took down some trolls in my comment section. They, whew, they were not having it. Um, so there's that. Um, and today, joining us today is a very hilarious comedian. Um, she's living in L.A. now, but she's originally from Florida. I don't know if she claims it or not. Um, you guys give it up for Katrina Davis. <laughs> <laughs> I uh I totally claim Florida. Okay. <laughs> I claim both. Like, yeah. yeah. I was it depends on what people need to know about me. Okay. Like, <laughs> like if people are saying so trying to teach me about some wildlife, I'll be like, I'm from Florida and they say <laughs> <laughs> try to like act like I don't know how to act in a bad neighborhood I tell them I was born in Baltimore and they shut up like I just use (laughs) my advantage to get people to stop talking (laughs) so how are you feeling today on a scale of zero to black Ooh, on a scale of zero to black I'm feeling probably like Vivica Fox and Kill Bill Yes. But like the chill part, like I feel like I'm very in control. Like I, I'm not particularly angry because I haven't looked at my phone a lot yet today. So <laughs> I feel like I'm picking up kind of like Paige's prepped vibe. Like, like I had a good morning. I got all my stuff done. I was super ready for the podcast to start on time. Like had Chrome downloaded. I was like, I'm feeling good. And if somebody came to fight me in 30 years, I would be ready for it. Like, that's how I feel. Go eat your cereal. Yes. Yeah, that's how I feel. I feel like the calm after that storm right now. I love nice. that. Nice. 
Um, and quickly tell people where they can find you and what you have coming up so they can follow all that. Uh, yeah. Um, so you can find me at Katrina Savad. It's S-I-V-A-D. It's just Davis backwards. And that's like my website and Instagram and everything is the same thing. And uh, I will be performing as a part of the Mar Vista Comedy Hour online on Thursday, July 30th. It's going to be really fun. It's this uh, other comic, Morgan J. show. He's a real hoot. He plays a guitar. Tiny uh, Southern California girls love him. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, once, I once did a show with Morgan J. in real life and watched an entire staff of Brandy Melville just like follow him out of the club. Like it was like the show was not <laughs> But they were done with the show. It was so powerful. I have watched much of the same, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Very funny. Um, well, today we're doing something a little bit different. Um, a lot of times when we have guests on the podcast, we have them bring something that we either haven't seen or and that they love and that they grew up with or like have a, a large connection to. But today um, we're we are we just watched this movie that Paige has seen. I'm guessing multiple times. Oh yeah, I I have yeah. like a history with this movie. Okay, yeah. and that <laughs> Katrina and I, the two black women on this podcast, have never seen Black Dynamite. Yes. (laughs) So my first question, (laughs) my first question is to everybody is, um, who is your favorite character and why is it cream corn? my god it made like as soon as he came on the screen i I missed him so much that is in the beginning of a earl sweatshirt song that i like yes so i've heard just that so many times that i heard him do that and i was like oh my god oh my god and then, as, oh my god, he's so stupid. I love it. <laughs> I'm gonna try to think about it like as an actual answer, but like that just it might be the wrong answer. He's uh, so fucking funny. So, Paige, give us the background on this film. So, before we jump into the okay, tea. so this is actually a perfect film to follow our episode from last week, uh-huh. where last week we talked about Hollywood Shuffle, and the thing that we kind of wished about that movie is that it took it one step further and had Robert Townsend make his own project, and that's what we were watching. That's what Black Dynamite is. So, like, essentially in two thousand six. Six, yes, around 2006, Michael Jai White, who plays the lead in Black Dynamite, really, really liked black exploitation films, but wasn't getting cast a lot in Hollywood. And so he took a picture of himself dressed kind of like Dolomite and sent it to a friend and was like, What if we made a movie like this? And the friend was like, That's hilarious. So they spent $500 to shoot a trailer. And the trailer is like half stock footage, half stuff they shot on a Super 8 camera, which is like 
low, low quality. It looks exactly like the old footage. They cut it together and then they just started sending it to people until people gave them money to make the movie. And the reason that this is important is this was happening in 2007, 2008 when I was in film school. And I was in film school in at the time UC Irvine, eventually at UCLA. And at UC Irvine, people would take internships up in Hollywood and they would drive up to them. So a lot of our students were like working at the production companies that were getting this trailer. So it had started to make the rounds. And so it leaked to my film school where people just had it on burned discs. And they were like, do you know about Black Dynamite? Like, if you didn't know, you weren't shit. And then as they continued to shoot the film, because they shot it in and around Los Angeles, and they did a couple rounds of reshoots and a couple cuts of it. So, like, partial cuts were floating through school. And by the time in 2009 when it came out, I was already at UCLA kind of finishing up school. And it had leaked to UCLA early as well. So it was kind of this thing of like the whole time I was in film school, I got to see portions and cuts of this movie. And every time I saw a new cut of it, I was like, this shit's amazing. I love this movie. (laughs) And so when it finally came out, I had actually seen most of it already. But when it finally came out, like first weekend, I was there. I was like, I have to finally see the whole thing. Um, But it's really interesting to look at like, the trailer from like 2007, the $500 one they shot, and then the movie, because there are like three or four sections of the trailer that made it into the movie, but they had to reshoot it uh-huh. to make it match the rest of the movie. So like the scene where Black Dynamite, the whole like, that's the best love and I ever had. She gonna wake up the other bitches. That's in the original <laughs> trailer. Oh my uh, God. The scene of like... um like the scene where he tells the CIA he's like I thought I told you honkies from the CIA that's the original trailer uh also uh the scene of him doing kung fu that's in the original trailer and then the one line that it's in a different context in the trailer but it made it to the movie and it's the you can hit the sheets or you can hit the streets you dig you can go or you could come <laughs> like oh. that's also in the trailer <laughs> so like oh my god they, the trailer is a whole vibe where like you're watching it and you're like I have no idea what this movie is about but I am in I'm so in it doesn't matter like I'm here for it and I think it's probably one of the most successful I would say like sizzle reels for a movie I've ever seen where I'm just like I know exactly what this movie is going to be and yes Uh so yeah this is yeah this is truly (laughs) a triumph of the will story because Michael Jai White ends up co-writing um with the man who ends up co-directing it as well Mm. and they had such a small budget that a lot of it is just filmed like modern day and you can sometimes spot some of the stuff in the movie but yeah so let me ask Katrina had you like what is your what is your knowledge of like um black exploitation like or like an interaction with it have you seen any black exploitation movies before this I have but only in small small doses because I don't usually like them like Mm -hmm. they usually irritate me a lot (laughs) so 
the fact, like, even when I started watching this, the parts that normally, like, in another one would maybe actually make me mad, I just got to, like, roll my eyes out. Like, even, like, when you're like, oh, you're going to wake up the other bitches and they pan out. I was like, what the fuck? is like, like you were saying about taking everything to that next level where it's yes. that ridiculous that it is no longer, like, a stereotype that you can even take seriously. So it made it that much more. So it was... So it made me so happy to be able to like enjoy a black exploitation yeah. movie and not yeah. get wrapped up in like, well, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I actually um, like that it's it's three women right now talking about black exploitation and also this movie in particular because I 100% agree with you. Like I same like. I think I have only seen it in small doses as well. I don't even know where or when, but like, it's because I can't, I can't, I just literally can't even. Um, so this yeah, like, like making, think it's, good. it's not funny to me. <laughs> I'm annoyed. <laughs> so to see it in this movie being taken to the next level where like it, they're making fun of the things that are yes. not good. I love that. <laughs> like when the boom mic is in the shot and he's like breaks eye contact to look at like there were so many times where I was just so happy with how well they did something badly. Yes. Like, this is so good. Like it's so good how bad this Oh my god like fucking the women when they have their kung fu and it's literally just yes. Them doing this. Yes. <laughs> They're just so, chopping through the yeah, air. Yeah, they're just chopping in the air. <laughs> There's so many, like, nuances that are so, like, technically cheesy, I guess, but I loved it so much. Like, it's so yes. funny. At one point, like, um, he accidentally slaps a guy in the and in then a they fight, switch the guy and then out. They switch the guy out because <laughs> for another guy, another black guy, and then they continue the fight, and it's so fucking funny. There's one that I <laughs> actually didn't notice until like this viewing, uh, because they do subtly try to specifically do things wrong. Like the boom mic was actually in Dolomite, the original one, so that's why they're trying to do it here. Oh my God. And we should, honestly, we should watch Dolomite is my name, like, next week, because it's really okay. good. But, like, uh, so there's a character that's part of, like, the militant Black Panthers in the movie who says his stage directions before every line. Oh, my God, I didn't notice that. Oh. That's so funny. And and he only, he does it, like, two or three times, but the first time is, like, the militants turn, stunned. Who are you? <laughs> and then... <Yes! laughs> And then oh my at, god at the end he's like i'm gonna go home to my wife takes out picture yes. see what could go wrong <laughs> that's what i was thinking of was the last one and i was like what <laughs> oh my god oh man yes so i love this movie how i mean so Paige, how had you seen a lot of black exploitation like all yes. the way through yeah okay. actually yes uh <laughs> one of kind of my like genre specialization when I was in film school uh which film school is a weird place uh and depending <laughs> on what you choose to do with your film school will lead you down different paths but I had a strong interest in camp cult and trash cinema as well as horror uh and there's a lot of overlap uh I'm a huge Pam Greer fan personally mm -hmm. um but so when I saw this I was like oh my god they did such a good job of like uh -huh being so accurate but then poking fun at it at the same time and there's so many like if you're in los angeles there's so many winks and nods to 
the black exploitation movies that were filmed here and Los Angeles landmarks locally, which is pretty cool too. Oh, I was just going to say, you saying landmarks made me remember the part where he's like, chicken and waffles. And he's like, that's it. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Because it was started off as chili and donuts. And, donuts. and, and oh my God. I, and I legit didn't see where it was going. I was just like, chili and donuts. How does that go together? <laughs> well, and they don't even really call attention to it. It's just in the background of that yes. scene two scenes yeah. later of like, that's the ticket. And then just. <laughs> Oh my gosh, so funny. That scene is one of my favorite scenes in the movie where they're like guessing the plot where they're just like, and the the, <laughs> the, the Roman demigod of medicine, Asclepius, oh of course. Oh my God. I that love was that one of the best. That was one of the best <laughs> scenes. That's like some adult swim shit. As yes. far as like how we like to assume that a group of people would all be on the same page and these would be those pages is (laughs) so fucking abstract. But I also love that they did them two things that you would have to know, like you're saying, these kind of like more intelligent things and you're watching all of these like black exploitation characters be like the woman god of war like i yeah. did <laughs> that was wonderful about that was so <laughs> random i love that they also finish it they're like of course like we all know <laughs> common knowledge <laughs> so silly so good so good I had forgotten the end of this movie because it had been a while since i watched it uh mm-hmm. so i forgot about the nunchuck fight with President Nixon and that the ghost of Abraham Lincoln (laughs) intervenes. So, like, that's that's when, you know when you watch movies and you keep watching it and you're like, I can't believe that this is what ended up happening. Like, already, the second Nixon showed up, I was like, wait, they're actually going to bring Nixon into this? And then I was like, oh, okay, the ghost of Abe Lincoln, like, (laughs) this is fine now, because he's been fighting Nixon with nunchucks for five minutes, so now I'm fine with it. And you know what's interesting is, um, because for a long time, like, I've always, I guess just my perception, just thought that, like, black exploitation was on this, like, like not considered as good as the other action movies. But the thing about it is I just recently watched a very old James Bond movie. And I was like, these are the same actually like the same elements, the same convoluted plot, two long fight scenes, like a person coming out of nowhere, unexplained um, people just staring at each. Like (laughs) I was like, Oh, these are the same. Yeah. Long. Swap monologues were yeah. killing me. Like, I love it. Oh, oh my goodness. But you're right. That part of it, I did also, it made me just kind of like interested in that. Cause I know that that is something even just in black culture. Like my dad loves Kung Fu movies. Like that is his shit. Like, and I know that, like, we as a country in general were probably obsessed with Bruce Lee anyway back then, like, when Enter the Fist and all that shit came out. But, like, that always having that kung fu thread always being, like, throughout all of these movies and even into, like, animes that I like, that whole, like, that connection is so interesting to me. But I also, like, wonder where it came from. Yeah. 
That's, we could do a whole podcast series on just the introduction of Asian martial arts to America and in pop culture. We uh-huh. like it could be. I actually one of the uh, professors that used to teach when I was in film school now is tenured at the I think University of South Carolina, and she specializes in that era and kung fu specifically. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's like the one part that I always felt looked the most legit in yeah. the old <laughs> Yeah, they're dubbed over like the second they talk, this is horrible, but the fight scenes <laughs> yeah. were always like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think like going back to favorite characters, I think Black Dynamite's aunt might be my favorite character. They're oh just my like, god, you promised your mama on your deathbed. Black Dynamite. I hope it's not like that time you promised to get your brother off drugs. I and he's like, like juggling trying to hang up the phone. Love it. <laughs> oh my gosh, he's so funny. I do, I do like how unapologetically rude they made some of the characters in this movie because yeah. they are like the people that like Black Dynamite probably would have to deal with. Like he would still have an honest, like, be like, I don't care how many people's next you break. You still ain't shit. Like whatever. Um, I this movie made me realize that I don't actually remember what Brian McKnight looks like because I could not figure out which one he was. Oh. You know what? He. I'm glad you said that because um, not Brian McKnight, but um, uh, what's the guy's name from Reno? Oh, oh, oh yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yes, yeah. Big pimp. His <laughs> He was my favorite for adding so much to those scenes. He's so silly. Yes. Black yes. Dynamite. I sell drugs in the community. community. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. He does it so innocently. Yeah. Oh my gosh. He's, I love He's so good. <laughs> Uh, I also I really like every time O'Leary like enters a scene he's like I remember that from our days in Nam <laughs> and he has like a fake name for it every time he's like the Chinese finger yeah. trap I no. remember when you pulled that on me in Nam yeah and him referring to the Chinese boy that was in Vietnam for some reason with his every Chinese time. eyes and his Chinese knees and <laughs> yes. his Chinese oh my gosh so horrible <laughs> there are like there were a couple of times where i had to like uh get over the language that they were using because i know that it's a part of what they're doing but uh oh my gosh when the lady from mad tv said moon cricket i was like oh my (laughs) fucking like i can't believe they dug that deep yeah and had her say that shit like i was like who wrote this script shang yes oh my god here's my question like what what do you think it is like Paige? do you feel like you identify with like all these people's love of these kinds of movies like do you get i like i don't get it like i get like i love this movie yeah i don't get like I don't get it I don't get why people like yeah like the people like loving it this much that you get here like that I mean kudos but like I could not go back Um, and I think you kind of have to pick your spots with it where Mm -hmm. it's just like any genre of movie where like some of them are gonna 
be better than others. I think one of the reasons I love Pam Greer movies is because she's such a badass. And even though it's crazy, you're just here for watching her kick the shit out of people. And mm-hmm. I also, I think it's really interesting that you brought up James Bond. I'm a huge James Bond fan. So, like, I am predisposed to enjoying a level of ridiculousness <laughs> for Kung Fu. Like, I I personally, I, I really love just kind of the adventure of it and how it's kind of not constrained by normalcy, but also has a lot of, like, real world touchstones in it. Like... I love that he goes to Nixon. Like, that's so insane. But at the same time, you're like, if you're looking at who was actually causing problems in the community, yeah, it's Nixon. So, like, that's where you go. I think they're a great exercise in heightening. Where, like, whenever we talk about, like, sketch writing or script writing, there's always this push to kind of like heighten and raise the stakes. And I feel like these movies and similarly James Bond movies raise the stakes as high as you think they could possibly go. Mm -hmm. And then you have a nunchuck fight with the president. I love a movie that I can describe to someone. I, I love a movie where in three sentences, I can convince somebody to watch it. Oh, how would you do it with this movie? Oh, this movie is amazing. Like, first of all, it's set in the 70s. It's intentionally done badly. It's hilarious. But then also, he throws a boomerang, enters a room, has a conversation with a person, and then that boomerang comes back and slices his hand off. And then also... He has a nunchuck fight with Richard Nixon. And I've only told you about three scenes in this movie. How do you not want to watch the entire rest of the movie? I feel the same way about uh, there's a movie called Shoot 'em Up. I don't know if either of you have ever uh, seen Shoot 'em Up. We're both shaking our head now. It's, I'm going to change your mind. Uh, it's Clive Owen. And he, while carrying a newborn baby, kills a man with a carrot. Cuts the umbilical cord with a gun. Yes. And oh my God. has sex to completion with Monica Belushi while shooting a machine gun. <gasps> like, how do you not want to watch the rest of this movie? And I feel like for me, Black Dynamite is a similar movie of like, this movie is insane, but it's not just mm. crazy. Like, it is watchable. Mm. Like, there are some mm. movies that are insane oh, yeah. and terrible. This is not one of those movies. And I respect somebody like having a dream, wanting to make a thing that is not the norm and is not what we typically see in the film landscape and being like, you know what? Fuck it. This is my movie. This is the movie I am meant to be in Mm -hmm. and I want to make it and pushing until it gets done. Like, I love that. And the cast is amazing. Like the fact yes. that it started the way that it started and he has the people that he has in it. Like even when you were thinking um, favorite characters, um, Kim, what's her name? The yes. She's a old stand-up. Uh, yeah. She's like the madam. Yes. Like she's like the like head lady. Yeah. It's, like, it's my cousin Timmy. He OD. Yes. yes. And her like her one glistening tear, like um, I feel like he was able to get so many amazing people that that is also a part of it. Like a scene shows up and you're like, oh my gosh, that's so and so. Look at so and so. Like every time the scene mm-hmm. switches, there's somebody else. And you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that person's in this movie. And that kind of also 
keeps you excited as it goes along. He got a lot of those people by like sending them the trailer and sending them the script on like a uh, whim. Like there's a story about Arsenio Hall reading the script because he's one of the pimps. And the second yes. he saw that there was a pimp dressed as Captain Kangaroo in the script. <laughs> oh my God, that was so funny. He automatically agreed to do the role for like no money. Uh, he was just like, I'm yeah. in. Based on, like you said, even the idea that you can get people that have been in Hollywood for that long and they still believe in creativity enough that they're like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm doing this. There's a pimp dressed like Captain Kangaroo. I do this. Like you said, I can do this for free. It's amazing. Like, I like that that is still what resounds with people. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Kim Whitley is her name. Yes. There um, we go. And she also, I, so I didn't know this either, but they did a a cartoon based off of yeah. Black Dynamite. So it's been it exists more successful yeah. than the movie, oddly yeah. enough. Yeah. It's a lot of the same characters are still voicing the characters and that like Tommy Davidson and Kim Whitley, all, they're all in it. And it's a Kung Fu is, cartoon. That's so awesome. It's it's kind of like uh, Jack Samurai or Samurai Jack. Uh, yeah. but it's black dynamite yeah yes mm-hmm. but yeah so much fun. i i love when somebody has a passion project and that passion bleeds into being entertaining for everyone i think that's a perfect storm i think that's also probably why dolomite is my name did so well this past year because eddie murphy kind of similarly was like no this is amazing and needs to get made um i think it's a pretty cool companion piece for black dynamite if you feel like watching it as homework but yeah um mm-hmm. let's talk about the orphans yes black dynamite <laughs> used to be an orphan oh my god the orphan i'm gonna shake you till the smack comes out of your system yes and then she goes, we tried that. Oh, my God. That was That's another, like, line-wise, the escalation <laughs> you're talking about, where, like, he's doing something so stupid. And then she says, we've tried that. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. My favorite is when he explains what an orphan is, where he's like, yes, I can't believe they're doing this to orphans, because the thing about orphans is they have no parents. Yes. <laughs> just like, I know. It's so funny. Uh, I love the blank stares that other I do even that part of the acting where not they didn't make everyone on the same level as him yes where you do get to watch characters go what (laughs) what (laughs) yeah (laughs) and I really appreciate that my favorite is they, they write these scenes where he's saying these crazy things that within the story is meant to be glossed over, but then they'll still cut to somebody's reaction shot. Like (laughs) a perfect one is when they meet those two girls and they're like, my mama said my daddy's name was black dynamite. And he's like, a lot of girls have that name. (laughs) And then they cut to her just being like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. But no, even like you were saying earlier about, that level of theatrics kind of allowing you to, I think it kind of allows you to nod to what things are like in real life. Cause like those orphans were obviously ridiculous, but 
That is kind of what happened in the black communities in terms of like, it wasn't like eight year olds smacking their (laughs) fucking veins, but like there, it's basically a comedic take on something that makes you laugh. And then if you know anything about it, it's like, oh, but also, yeah, like, you know yeah, why. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think this movie was written specifically, I mean, to make people laugh, but also for people who understand the reality of that time. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. like it's, not a, it's not a movie for dumb people, I would say. Like, it is a movie for people who understand their history and specifically understand their film history. And it really kind of rewards uh-huh. that. Yeah. And this isn't, this is nowhere near the same like level or anything like that. But what you were saying about intelligence makes me think of it where that's what I think my sensitivity or like distaste for real black exploitation comes from is because it is so largely like joy or like taken in by people who are laughing at it in a way that they are coming from a hundred percent ignorance where like they are taking this as fact now. Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel like it's like, Oh, I don't even like that. This shit is out here. Like, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Like you know, it's the same way that like there are multiple people that I know in the South that their only real connection to the black community is that their entire family is obsessed with Medea. Oh God. And oh. I like, cannot stand like I know that there are black people that love I literally will never like I would like the way people like steamrolled over black sabbath cds for satanic panic like I would do that with Medea content like that's how I feel and so I think that that's what it is it's the intelligence level that like I feel so much better knowing that we all know why we're enjoying this right we're all on the same page yes Like, where everybody's laughing for the right reasons. Um, Because I got mad. I got so mad. I didn't walk out and leave, but I, like, got mad and, like, left at the end and started crying in anger because there was a dude behind me laughing at all the wrong parts of, um, what was the one that Spike Lee just did with the spy? I just can't think of the name of it. Black Klansman? No. There we go. Yeah. I saw Black Klansman in theaters, and there was this man laughing so bellowing so hard behind me alone literally silent in the theater laughing at all the wrong parts and I was just like steaming in my chair like so those are the kind of people that I think about when (laughs) when things aren't aren't theatric enough that's the part of me that's like oh my god I hate this yeah (laughs) yeah well I was thinking of um so like yeah, last week when we were, we watched, what did we watch again? Uh, Hollywood Shuffle. Oh, yeah, Hollywood Shuffle. Um, but the the vignette, the pimp, what is it? Pimp on the street? Or pimp, uh, it's, pimps uh, from the streets? It's, it's uh, like, pimps from space? No, but they're basically zombie pimps. It's They're zombie oh. pimps. Yeah, so, and it's like <laughs> a scene within a scene within a scene. Um, where basically uh-huh. it's like two guys like reviewing movies and telling you what movies they like and why or why they didn't like it. And the last movie is the movie within the movie, which is um, this like oh, zombie God. pimps. And uh-huh. it's like conceptually that sounds very funny to me, but like the the um, I think the the way that they were going and the 
I was like, I wouldn't actually watch that movie. Like the, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like it, it, yeah. felt, it felt like, oh, this is a movie like for, for the people that is um, playing on exactly, it's like hitting those notes that you like it, that you know, like black people will be into just for the sake of it. And mm. not necessarily like, I, I, I hate, I, this sounds very like, um, Sadity, but it doesn't feel like art to me. Like, whereas this felt like art. <laughs> well, here I I will controversial statement. Well, like what? Like, did they put themselves in the place of a zombie pimp? Like, did they slap a sex worker and their hand dropped off? Like, did they really try? It it, it was or actually was it? it was pretty great. Well, and and. <laughs> I think within the story, I wouldn't see the actual zombie pimp movie that they're referencing as if it existed in their world. That's I what would, I mean. But I would watch them make a zombie pimp yes, movie. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. 100%. Like, that's that's yes. the difference. And, th- and that's what I mean. That's exactly yeah. what I mean. Is like they're making fun of this kind of movie that is made in a particular way. Um, mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because I do like you were saying checking those boxes I think some of those boxes aren't necessary and that's the place where I'm like I could be totally wrong because I know that those che- those boxes are getting checked for certain black people but for me those are cha- those are boxes that are checked for white people mm. that know all of these things are supposed to be about a black person it's like those aren't my bosses. Those are y'all's bosses yeah, that yeah. you need for this to have to sell. Like, because you think like, oh yeah, obviously it would be this. And it's like, obviously not. Like, obviously for you and your five friends that have no frame of reference. But that's when I'm like, oh, but also I think sometimes I'm wrong where that is entertaining to people that aren't me. Mm-hmm. I just think that it's irritating. (laughs) I feel similarly about romantic comedies. It's like a thing with me where I feel Uh, like they are reductive and often the female characters are two dimensional. And I feel like a lot of times they're not written in any real tangible way about women that exist in the real world. Uh, but they make tons of money. And so like, and then you see women like mad connecting to them. Yes. And you're like, okay, you're like, I don't, <laughs> am I broken? I don't get it. Yeah. Yep. Right. And yeah. that's the thing is that I'm not going to take away the fact that obviously someone is connecting to that. But to me from that, like from my perspective, it seems like that's not, that's somebody else's take mm-hmm. on what they think I would want. Right. Yeah. So, like, our sweet, sweet back is your 27 dresses, is what you're saying? Oh, God, I fucking hate 27 <laughs> dresses. That is my, that's hands down probably my least favorite. <laughs> like, if I had to put a finger on the rom-com I hate probably the most, 27 oh, wow. dresses. It that. It's at least top three. And, like, not <laughs> even top ten, top three. I remember seeing that movie for, for the first time and just being literally disgusted (laughs) where i was just like fuck everyone who made this movie that's so funny yeah i saw a movie on the plane that was like also a romantic comedy but i i think it was called how to be single and and really what it should have been called um how to be a white woman to be single because that's who it was was um (laughs) and like they had this thing that kept happening in the movie where like she couldn't zip up her dress all the way and like she had this dream of like being with a guy or like she was with a guy and she broke up with him to like 
I don't know, like have a break. And then at the end, she comes up with this contraption to help her zip up her dresses. Like that's her empowerment. It's called a wire hanger, that- bitch. We all know this trick. Was this a Hallmark movie? No, this was, I think, in the theater. I saw it on a plane. Wow. Oh, my, the idea that, like, the level of something being so contrived that a single woman somehow becomes successful from an invention born of her own aloneness is, like, the most annoying thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was so mad, especially yes. as, a, as a double-jointed person who's always been able to zip up my dresses. I'm That's like, what the fuck? You go halfway up one way and then you switch. Or so I have teeny tiny T-Rex arms, but that's when you keep you keep a wire hanger around and you just hook it through the zipper and then just Which I've also seen. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh, these people. And they made a whole movie Mm -hmm. climax about some shit that we already had fixed in like 1950 I'm so angry Mm -hmm. and like and the movie doesn't start with like the struggles of like being online like already being single it starts with a woman breaking up with a guy because she just wants to be single for a while like that's her struggle is that she just has never been single for very long Uh, boo hoo I can't. Boo hoo. I can't with you. Well, because also, most of the people that are like that in real li- life are cripplingly codependent and yeah. they would never break up with someone just to see what it was like. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No one's just that. Because if that was real, even it would have been her saying that and then turn around and talking to her friend and being like, yeah, he bought it. I uh-huh. needed. Like, that's a lie. You would just be. I'm so mad. I'm so mad about this movie. I'm mad it even made the cut for the plane. That makes me think Nadav Fleischer recently tweeted. He's like, have you ever seen a movie so bad on a plane you walked out? Yes, I saw that. <laughs> that's, what, that's what this description is making me think of. But, like, bringing it back to Black Dynamite, there's a strong, empowered, independent woman in this movie as a main character. Yeah. And I fucking love that. Yeah. It's a little weird that they still end up fucking, but I'm cool with it because she's still, like, you know, help save the community and stuff. But I feel like I identify so much more with her as a character than I do with anyone in 27 dresses. They can all drown in a lake. Uh, I do not care. That's so funny. And see, but also I would say, cause she is very strong and powerful, but they still made her dumb as fuck when it came to him. Cause like you said, it's like, you're watching these two girls hopscotch and she's like, that's weird. And it's like, okay, so you can run for city council, but you can't put these two together. Okay. But see, that's just me being like too based in reality. I just can't. Have, I'm not fun. I'm not fun. Oh, well, also man. her hair was. Uh, I was like, mm, because I was like, her hair was slicked back, and then she had a long ass afro down her back. Yeah, whenever like, she needed it, like, to wear a, a hat, it was yeah. And then it became like I was like, I I know what shrinkage is, but this is a little too far. Um. <laughs> this is this is wigs by vanity, is what this is. I talked it up to her being um, lighter. I was like, mm, she's got a softer curl than me. I'm not gonna <laughs> get that one. Um, but I did also love something that I've noticed a lot in the real ones I think also where it's like titty 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 and then the person you respect is like black silhouette soul glow commercial like they wouldn't show her naked because yeah. she's like a respectable a respectable black woman in the community yes. and it's just like every 
thousand titties. Also, the black girl in the beginning has like literally the most amazing tits I've ever seen. I they're think. gorgeous. I in just... my life. So you should cute. watch whoever's listening to this, even if you're like, oh, whatever. They're talking about movies. Like, I gotta listen to women. There is a set of boobies <laughs> in the beginning of this movie that everyone needs to see. Like, literally everyone. They're perfect. They're amazing. Sorry. I forgot um, about that. Well, this is something that I was really impressed with over and over throughout the movie is, um, was how honestly he played Black Dynamite. Like, he played it so genuinely. Like, there was not a sense of, like, there's a lot of camp in this movie, but I would say most of his performance, like, maybe the lines are campy, but he never yeah. delivers it campy. No. No. And I'm like... It's like the length and everything. Yeah. Like, dude, like, what he's saying, like, him saying everything about the orphans, it's like, but he's not breaking. Yeah. Like, yeah. he means it. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Like, so, a lot of times he would come on the screen and I'm like, is he going to cry right yes. now? Oh, yes. I thought he was going to cry multiple times. Yes. <laughs> Because also, I love when you do that dramatic eye twitch. Yes. Yes, like he's so good. And his hair was always moisturized. Like you could see it glistening. Like I was like, did they put glitter in there? Because beautiful. It's glistening. The lighting. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> that overhead lighting. It was moisturized, though. Like it looks amazing. <laughs> well, he's just constantly oiled up, too. Like, yeah. there's those couple scenes where he's just like shirtless or in boxers. He's just like, oh my god, oh my gosh, yeah. He like never has a shirt on. I did, I did watch the kung fu scene twice. A hundred percent, I did. A hundred percent, I did. The my one face. where he was practicing in his house. <laughs> the one where, well, because even because what we were saying about things not making sense, we're like, there's two back to back scenes where there's a guy like trying to hide from them and then all of a sudden he comes from the other direction yes <laughs> my favorite is when he tells them all to leave and he's like i'll see y'all tomorrow yeah. <laughs> yes! like he does it every day <laughs> that is that is what you were saying about like the little ones where he just says something and you're like oh okay this is every day okay yeah. <laughs> So at the end of the episode, we always give um, the movies a rating. Um, okay. And we do it out of hair picks, out of five hair picks. So oh my God. What, do you, <laughs> what would you give this movie out of five hair picks? I mean, I would give it a, at least a 4.5. And that's just because I don't know what kind of picks you guys have been dealing with in the past. <laughs> Like, I don't want to go full throttle and give it five picks, but, like, I, because this is what I was talking to Paige about, is feeling how I felt about exploitation. I was, like, my eyes were already prepped to roll. Uh And then I thoroughly enjoyed it so much. (laughs) Like, I liked it so much more than I thought I would, and I feel like everything that I feel annoyed about, about regular exploitation this gave me a relief for yeah yes. because they did it so like badly or the way it was it was like oh my god thank you they know <laughs> they love because i feel like it's kind of a in the middle of Paige and i like it's people that love it as much as Paige but understand that i think it's trash uh-huh. and they made this to help me like it or something yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Like, I really, yeah i really like it yeah 
Yeah, I feel the same way. I would I would give it a five, five out of five hair picks. Um, it's like top to bottom, like excellent, excellent jokes. Like it, it's so funny. Um, and I there watched are, the whole, like all the credits to watch the bloopers. Yes. Oh yeah. Say, yeah. Stay to the end if you're gonna watch it. Stay to the end. Um, it's really great. Um, even the animation that they have at the end is really excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also like, even though there are like literally 10 storylines, I like followed them. Um, not everything was wrapped up and, and 100% made sense yeah. um, at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Paige, I think I know what yours is. Oh, hands down yeah. five hair picks. Uh, yeah. I, I would, just because we haven't brought it up yet, I'm, I'm going to give it an extra like 0.1 of a hair pick for the Zodiac sex scene. <laughs> The animated oh Zodiac God. sex scene. That is another thing that I was looking at in the credits is the composition of all of the original songs. And like, yes. even to go back, this movie is worth watching again to go back for the little nuances that you might miss that are hilarious, but also to listen to the lyrics of the song. That like, well, tell like, the story. Uh, yes! Jimmy's brother ain't here. Like, they literally are singing. Oh my gosh, so good. I honestly want to change it to five, like talking about it more. It's so good. All the songs were composed by the same guy specifically for yeah. the movie, and they do tell the story of the movie as you're listening. Where it's like, I can't believe my baby brother's gone away, is the one, the most obvious one during the funeral. <laughs> But then <laughs> later on, there's one that's like an undercurrent where they're finding out about the Anaconda malt liquor, where <laughs> it's singing about like the man, he's got it out for you. It's like, yeah. See, I have to go back and listen to that one. Oh, so good. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. I'm so definitely going to watch it again. Um, yeah. Definitely going to watch again. Thank you, Paige, for bringing this into our lives. This you are was- welcome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you are more than welcome. <laughs> Thank you both so much. This was righteous. Because I'm also just garbage about watching movies. Like, I yeah. have zero attention span. I live by myself. Same. I never, like, have so I Like, if I have to, I will. But I never have to. So, yeah. I was like, shit, man. I love watching movies. It was so enjoyable. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and watching this movie. Loved having you, Katrina. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It was a freaking delight. Yeah. Um, Paige, do you have anything coming up that you want to plug this week? Uh, no, just cult podcast. Other than that, chilling at home with the cat. Nice. Um, I am plugging um a Kickstarter that I'm working on. Um, it's uh, it's actually speaking of I guess black exploitation and noir. Um. So it's a, a series of short stories, all written by Black artists and um, all uh, Black writers and then drawn by Black artists. And it's going to be an anthology called Noir is the New Black. Um, they're raising money. They've got like heavy hitters. I don't like it. You look at the Kickstarter. If you know comics and comic books, you're going to recognize some names for sure. But um, yeah, go on the Kickstarter. Look for Noir is the New Black. And and support the Kickstarter. Um, support nice. Black artists and Black writers and Black creativity. Yes, um, sweet. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening, and we will be Black next time. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs>